0: This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry.
1: What Luther here says, which we have to be nuanced with, is the Christian is not in the current age he does not live he is dead and he says he goes he lives he dwells in another heavenly life far above this one the question is what does it mean that the Christian is not in the current age um, what, what is that implying what do, what do you think about this
2: I think that yeah our, our identity is, our life is with God in Christ mm-hmm. in heaven and that's it here on earth we are just sinners In in that real, actual realm, we're just just like every other sinner. And there's no no metaphysical or ontological change going on. The only thing that happens is, is that God speaks words from heaven to us, and we embrace them by faith, you know, and look forward to that hope, you know. What do you mean there's no metaphysical change? Like, there's nothing. Like, there's, you know... Uh, a lot of, usually people link it, link it to like being born again, and therefore you have all of these inherent new affections in you towards the good. A lot of people link it, or Jesus
3: links it to being born again. I'm sorry, I'm just being slightly cheeky, but
2: yeah, for sure, uh, John three. Yeah, you got you know, but I must understand. be born again in order to yeah. inherit to enter the kingdom of God. You know, and so it's you know, I think it's an yeah, it is yeah. an <laughs> reality. You know, it's like yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: I guess I'm confused when you said there's no ontological or metaphysical,
2: because I would think that's where the
4: change is happening. Yeah,
2: I just think that's a hope that's promised to you in the Word of an ontological and metaphysical change, but, that, that, but, the, but the realization, the full and real experience of that is at the resurrection. That's what he's promised.
3: I feel like that eschatology is under-realized and doesn't do justice to even Luther even luther. even luther yeah
4: i i love this part where he says but where is such a one you ask show me one response <clears throat> i cannot do it they are hidden dead right. i love that mm. like cause we're always want you know right show me show me the fruit right. show me a mature christian yeah i want us you know and then in the church like in a local church there's that guy you know that everybody wants to be like or. Whatever,
3: you know. But I think the distinction is that there's a difference between saying it is hidden and it is not there, but it's only going to be there in the future. Or is there. Because
2: yeah.
3: there has to be some sort of metaphysical tethering of those two mm-hmm. for there to be a symbol. Or else you're just peccator. Well,
2: you know, and, and this is the, like R.C. Sproul says this it's it's not like that's a contradiction. The symbol is a contradiction unless we add not in the same way. And that's what Luther was getting at. You didn't mean that we are at the same time. Righteous and at the same time sinner in the same way. That's a contradiction. And the Catholics totally see this and call it for what it is. What does but it mean in the same way? In the same way. Like, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's, it cannot be, biblically speaking, it cannot be, you cannot be a sinner and a righteous person. Like, the Bible eliminates those as categories. And so what R.C. Sproul says is that what Luther was forwarded is that in different ways, we are these different things. So... Um, by sight we are sinners, and by faith alone we are the righteous. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, and if it's by faith alone, it's you know, it's not something we don't hope for what we see. We, it's a promise, you know, that's realized now only by faith. Would, would but its ultimate re- uh, experience is at the resurrection, when we will be made <clears throat> righteous, not just counted
1: in advance right If I hear you correctly it sounds to me though like you would say in the preaching of the word what is created is a new person who exists only in an age that doesn't touch ours at all um only that creates a new person who is only yeah um there's no tethering
3: there's no connection
1: i'm just wondering how we how we do that in the scheme of already not yet right um you know you know what i'm saying
3: that's why I felt like that's an underrealized eschatology. Yeah, I think it is under
2: underrealized, you know, compared to what your eschatology might be. It's not as that's not as there yet or whatever, but it, I think they overlap. You know, one's just invisible. I don't know about this whole tethering thing, mm-hmm. but one's it's at it's now. The kingdom of God is now, and I experience it through by faith alone. <coughs> like that's it. I don't experience the kingdom of God in any other way mm-hmm. than by faith in the Word of God. So, Romans 8-11, and this is, this is honestly where I depart from that
0: theology. Romans eight eleven, Romans 8-11, <coughs> And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, not just upon you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Um, that's, I don't know how much we really grow and by degrees, I'm with you, man. I think most evangelicalism teaches us that way more growth is possible than really is possible.
4: Damn, Wesley.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think the real Holy Spirit, I think the real Holy Spirit is in me. I think the real Holy Spirit is in me. And he really, the
4: power, the same power, yeah.
0: that raised Christ from the dead is oh, in no, me. Oh, power. And
4: there's power. There's power in the blood.
0: Um, this, but uh, but I really think I really think and I really think it's right not to hyperfixate on it. But I think it's a word of hope too. I think it's a word of consolation, man. Spirits in you, it's okay. Something's gonna happen. You're gonna grow. You might not ever see it, but you are growing. I
1: yeah. Spirit, the spirit of oh. right from the dead is in you. I guess my concern with what I hear you saying, and you can tell me if you think this is. An appropriate reading of it is that in turn in the way we're thinking about this eschatologically, we are willing to sell short the word of forgiveness now for the sake of ultimate assurance, um, such that you don't have to worry about how forgiveness meets real life, as it were. um, Because we're wanting to say in whatever I am a new person and forgiven, that's just locked away so that nothing will touch it, which may be fine in of, in of itself, but is that just a way of safeguarding not you from, not the new life from you, but you from the new life, if that makes sense.
3: So one of the Luther's language that I've, I've been pondering is this first fruits and tenths language the Assan parts, first fruits and tithes, like in commentary on Galatians, page one twenty eight. Um, For faith giveth not enough to God because it is imperfect. Yea, rather, our faith is but a little spark of faith, which beginneth only to render unto God His true divinity. We have received the first fruits of the Spirit, but not yet the tenths. Besides this, reason is not utterly killed in this life concupiscence. But there's some sort of, this is the tethering I'm referring, there's something we have received that's experienced and felt and mm-hmm. obtained now. First fruits and very small and sparky, but a spark is real, it's not. And there was you know, a time temporally where there was no spark and now there is a spark. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's still all a faith,
4: right? Yeah, of course. But that's what he was talking about—faith there. Yeah, fake. But he's saying that it's, it's like you oh can. There's something
3: visible or something. Mm-hmm. Not visible is not the right word, but something Felt. truly there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think yeah, and that, like the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, you know, all that, and it seems to be things in the heart that you can feel and that are there, and manifest themselves in all kinds of weird and even corrupted ways, though. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
4: This is the work of God that you believe in Him when He is sent. I love what uh, Byer says: for all works must take place within this work, namely within faith, and the good works that flow into these deeds from faith receive their worth in that faith as a loan.
3: Yeah, as <laughs> a first fruits of what the of the full tithe that the Spirit's going to give to us later. Yeah, totally. I love yeah. that.
0: And I love that too because alone. we 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 battle against Pharisaism so much when we try to articulate the law and, and the, the manifestations with the law does its work. And yet when we get to sanctification, we immediately think where we should define or that the best <coughs> definition of sanctification, therefore while we have a low view of it, is people getting better outwardly. Or having better hours. No man, no. It's always by faith. And that was my retort to you just a minute ago. Which was, hey man. The people who actually are getting better in the Christian life. Actually think they're worse. In the Christian life. They don't actually look down upon somebody. Because humility is a real growth of sanctification. So you don't ever actually. You might actually say the less you feel like you're growing. The more sanctified you might be. I mean as weird as that sounds. But because you said some some by faith. And I mean, I I think that's how the Spirit does its work. It's
2: not by how it works always. Mm -hmm. I just I think as a sinner, Mm -hmm. if we are if we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, a, a, a humble fruit of the Spirit, the since we're sinners, we're automatically going to turn that into a form of competition and like. Aha! today I was humble and I'm more humble than you. It's like, it's automatic. It's not like some, it's, you don't have to think about it. The second you exhibit some kind of fruit of the spirit, which I do genuinely think breaks into the now through faith alone, sure. is these fruits do happen intermittently. And then, they, you know, they come, they're corrupt fruits and then they die. And then they come again here and you're in there. It's not like this flourishing. It's just like sporadic. And it's like almost automatic, right? When that happens simultaneously, you're taking pride in that. And, and so it's always this kind of, you know, that's why I just want to refuse the language of growth getting in any better at all. Well, then here's the
0: problem. If I could just say, here, well, now here's the problem with Lutheranism. But maybe here's the problem with the psychologized law gospel to the individual, which is I am never the standard by which I know whether I've been progressively sanctified. I'm not. I might be the standard by which I'm justified, but you say, well, we so quickly turn it into competition. Well, but I know people who don't do that.
4: Mm.
0: I know people, I know people who do it, maybe I should say I know people who do it less and less, <laughs> and they're not even aware that they're just oblivious, they're, that they're just a selfless, a more selfless person than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. And that's how sanctification. I can tell it now. But as soon as they can tell it in themselves, you might say it bends back to the old man.
3: Yeah, I feel like you—if if you pin Luther to a floor with a gun, a theological gun, and said, "Does the Christian progress in growth?" He—he'd say something like, "Yes, but I've already said too much." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because the moment you talk about it, the moment you talk about it, you start incurvatusing, and then you're just. Game over, and You suck again.
2: All.
4: <laughs> there you
3: go.
2: So perhaps this is a difference in this first to second level discourse. It's like a theological truth that we ought never to talk about. That which we shall never be. be named. Yeah, <laughs> like just, you it has no preaching values, no speaking <laughs> value whatsoever.
1: But does it, though? Sorry, that's, but does it? Um, <laughs> I, 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 it? It has to have some value. Or what hope are there for people who feel... Trapped in resurrection you know, hope. Yeah, but I, I, but you don't want to tell people who are dealing with the real things of life that wait till, you're dead. Wait till you die. I
2: really? Call <laughs> like long for that sort of thing.
3: You want to be able to tell them about the first fruits. <laughs> yeah, tell them you can experience yeah. first fruits.
1: Paul was pugilistic. He, he says he he beat his body into submission, um, so that he would sustain not be disqualified um, yeah so I mean I, I just <clears throat> I, I affirm what you're saying on the one hand but I worry on the other hand that it, we neuter the hope of proclamation um for real people if we can't say that God's spirit really does something new here um that breaks bonds and yeah it doesn't lead to sort of progressively getting better but gives you true hope for yeah. every day um that would be that would be my concern. It is interesting what we're ta- what you were just talking about, sort of saying you know people for whom twenty you know, they're they're better at this thing now than they were twenty years ago. Luther talks about you know, once you receive faith there is that battle started. Yeah. And he says, In some people this is more violent and in some people it's more gentle. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was interesting. It's not a denial of the battle, but it's just saying yeah, some people aren't gonna be dealing with it in quite the same
3: Yeah. Oh that's good.
1: Yeah. So
2: is is there any I mean we're getting a little off topic, but I just got I got Romans eight in front of me because yeah. of year and so you know, uh, eight twenty two through twenty five. Full creation has been growing together in the pains of childbirth until now and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit, growing inwardly as we eagerly, I'm sorry, as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our body, and then it goes on, this is key key to me, it's like for in this hope we were saved. Mm -hmm. And he kind of negates any present tense experienced hope. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And so, I mean, what I see going on here is like, these are people who are suffering through persecution and whatnot, and Paul's trying to hold out not a present tense like hey it's gonna get better yeah. you know it's hey yeah. there's the resurrection the real adoption of, you know that's gonna be in the future and I'm holding that out to you and guess what hope it's not what's seeing guys yes yeah. your life sucks you know you hope for what you don't see and then we wait for it with patience you know and that's supposed to encourage them you know and I know it doesn't typically have that <laughs> Well, are okay, I mean, still, still stuck a, on the present, you It still is yeah. a first roots, and it's not
3: merely a, a contrast of uh, present and future, it's a contrast between seen and unseen. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah, you're right there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that you can equate unseen with totally future. I think you equate unseen with I can't see it. Yes. Um, which was a tautology, but you know what I mean. Um, like, the spirit, the first roots is working, but the spirit is invisible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In the same way the verse 26 keeps, let's just keep reading. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans and words that we cannot express. The spirit prays for me. The Spirit does something in me. I don't know, I don't see it, but there's something happening. And I'm not yeah, You know, I'm with, I don't want to. I, I have actually officially, I should just say, I think I've emptied my barrel on sanctification. <laughs> Any further discourse that I may have wanted to say that I've reserved all will leave, I'm done.
5: Yeah. <laughs> So do you
0: have heard the a explication of whatever third-use sanctification <coughs> theology I have? If you have uh, questions later, like,
2: <laughs> I'm hoping for It's you. your fault because I've said everything else. I don't think so. I, I, guess I, would just hope I, <laughs> I guess I would just hope that nobody actually thinks I'm a
0: gnomist or like really... Don't have for being <laughs> a I'm just
1: saying. I'm done. I'm done sanctification. I have my,
0: I empty my barrel. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Corey. Right, take it away.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that that text there just sent me back to the beginning of chapter 8. Okay. Uh, in verse 3 and 4. For God has done with the law, weakened by the Wait, flesh. Eight one eight one Yeah. We start. You start there. Okay, I just, yeah. I wanted to hear it. There's no condemnation. Thank you. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Walk. Walk.
3: Walk. Upward.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I also want to say... Um, without uh, just being pastorally frail. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: I know, I want to actually, this is about affirmation. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know your story. And there have been times and places in my story where I just needed to rest in the fact that Jesus was okay with me. And I actually felt Jesus saying to me in that time of my story, I'm not imploring you to do anything. Your walking with me is resting in me. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I don't should do much. And I felt like that was the, when I had rediscovered the gospel, even seven years ago. That's that's how the spiritual disciplines were manifested for me for a year, which was almost doing nothing except going to church and loving the gospel. Hmm. And so I, I don't know. That's I, my butt would be a statement of affirmation.
3: Or you were right. He could
0: not stay. That. <laughs> no, that's not about statement. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know your story. Yes. I'm just offering that as. I think that's real for people. I think when people rediscover the gospel, I
5: think that's one of the things that almost has to happen for a while. Yeah. yeah. life-giving, not just then, but
1: now. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you, Gil, because you move uniquely between church and counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this look like for you in your work of, you know, either declaring, for, you know, telling someone that they're forgiven, but also hoping to see people change you know mm-hmm. how does that work
5: trailing off in fact looking at something John R. wrote on this too long ago uh, similar is not anthropological but Christological mm. that it's not you're simultaneously a sinner and a saint because that sinner becomes the identity word that it's from it's, you're hidden with Christ <coughs> in God buried with Christ in God, you're 100% justified, to hmm. accepted, non-condemned, um, active living, uh, but not through your own power, no man may boast. Um, and so I had to work out in real life, um, say in the counseling office, uh, do you sometimes see restoration and healing? Hmm. People actually get up off the couch and they walk out and you wonder, like, I didn't do anything. Well, what was this? Mm-hmm. almost sit there and listen. It's more than that. But they get up and, and I, just, I still don't believe it, to be honest with you all. It's like, I feel better. It's just like everything's different and I don't know what it is. I feel changed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not true. <laughs> and then a year later, they're still saying the same thing. I'm thinking of one person in particular, I didn't do a thing. And he just says, marriage has changed and everything is different. It's like, really, I mean, it has got to be the Holy Spirit. There's something alive and tangible and different. Because from my end, I don't feel like I did a thing. From his end, everything is on a pivot point. Mm. And I think he's living in that eschatological reality in the now. Mm. And his wife would say he's a different man. Um, his children do. He certainly does. Not, I'm not answering your question. Um, something happens. And I'm kind of, and more and more in my middle age, just it's like, I don't know. You know, it's that mystery part. Yeah. The Bible says it, and so I believe it. <laughs> I'm saying that a lot this year. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that there's life, not just in life to come, the life now to be lived. And it happens. Hmm.
3: That didn't answer your question. I'm thinking more than I'm talking right now. Oh, yeah. There's a worship theologian I love named Jean-Jacques von Allman, and he was talking about this in relation to worship, but the more I see, the more I'm hearing about Luther's eschatology, the more I feel like it's just a paradigm for everything. <clears throat> um, and he, he likens, uh, it's like the future is walled up, it's damned up, but Jesus came and poked holes in it, such that it leaks back into the present. Hmm. Hmm. And that's our experience. It's coming, we're, we're walking toward it, and it is leaking on us, you know? And I like that imagery, the future mm-hmm. leaking back into the present, or as Jeremy Begbie said, echoes. Like, I hear what's huh. happening in the future, and it's echoing backwards. No, I use that for. I didn't know that Begbie did it, I'll say echoes sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: I'm thinking of Lewis again with his ideas of joy, where someone can realize that they were experiencing joy, but as soon as they realize it, joy is lost. Right. To the very thing which has happened, as soon as you become aware of sin enters in, the law enters in because you're evaluating it, and sin springs to life, uh, and then you want it back. Um, so that place where it's hidden, but it's still there, it's still a material reality. Something which is hidden, still there, in the unconscious, the subconscious, or whatever else. It's its power. right? It's still doing its work, whether it's hidden as a first fruit or hidden as a sin. The thing that disconnects you from the grace of God, it's still working its work on you. When it's the first fruit, you realize it, well, you're as good as God there because now it's sinful. For a moment, people enjoy it. They don't even know it. They're almost blind to themselves. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And the right hand's <coughs> doing the work of God, who is the worker. And they're nicer, they're less patient, they're sober, you get an addict. That's where addiction comes in. Right. Hi, my name is Gil, I'm an addict. Hi Gil, I've been 25 years since my last drink. Well, you're not an addict, too. don't take that from me. I know I'm sober, and I'm sober day by day, but by the grace of God, yeah. as soon as I think about it, yeah. I need to call somebody and get plugged back in. This is not me. Mm. All that's kind of how it works out. You yeah. practice that hiddenness. Mm. And the brain, the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind can justify. And that mind can, you can get people quick. Mm. Yeah.
3: Mm. That's helpful. Thank you. I don't know if it is it helps me think it out loud. Yeah, <clears throat> so, I actually read Luther when you talk about the symbol and how it's something that I can't remember what you said. You said it was something that's <coughs> like in Christ, but not.
5: This is John's piece. Um, said when people talk about simile, it's often misunderstood to think about the idea of being a sinner as an identity. Mm-hmm. Simil uses peccator does not say that that sinner is a Christian's identity. Because viewed right. with God, a sinner is 100% righteous. Right. And so you're yeah. sinful in yourself in as much as you still are yourself, mm-hmm. but you're 100% righteous in Christ in as much mm-hmm. as your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's yeah. And that's God. why I've heard it articulated well. That right. The symbol is something I experience, but it's mm-hmm. not how God sees me.
3: Right. That's true. Um, and that's what Luther said yep. in the sixth argument. He's saying. Uh, we, however, teach contrarywise that the church is indeed holy, and that she is nonetheless has many hypocrites mixed in, and that indeed even the saints themselves who are in the church still have sin, as we've said above. Why? Because God does not recognize, oh, sorry, but that is not imputed to them. Rather, they are considered as righteous ones. Why? Because God does not recognize this sin. Why? Because they're covered in Christ's cloak, under whose wing we take refuge yeah. and are safe, yeah. not just because... We are such who are truly righteous or without sin, but because we are regarded as such because of Christ, because we, as to ourselves, are not such as we ought to be. So this is where, like I see sin. It is necessary that the law be retained in the church, by which we are admonished, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the preaching
5: office, sometimes the counseling office as well, can then tell somebody who's racked with sin and bedraggled and all that stuff that as God sees them, no they're oh, you should not have done that again, not mm. learned yet. Because that's their fear. Yeah. I love Luther's last line here. Um, uh, they're being bitten and driven about by Satan while they're being cleansed, but you have to pull your foot under your cloak as well. You have no peace. Their foot just Grace. gets
2: out and they think, oh, no.
5: Yeah. They're hidden. You know, underneath the
0: wing of Christ. Yeah, I love that. Uh, well, you said in as much as, and you said the same thing, I think, even all the way back on Monday. And I I started trying to pay attention to degree language. Mm. Like, in so far as, or in as much as.
1: In so far, those words are everywhere. Yeah, they're really important. It's so important.
0: Exactly. You know, on page 153, it uh, just says, but you we're are a saint, that. or are you a saint? Uh, third argument... Third argument, end of the very the third argument in the it's, yeah, fifth disputation. But for all of us non-zakers, it's one but uh, the last paragraph um, before the fourth argument on 153. Yeah. He's really saying, uh, but you are a saint. But you are a saint? Question mark. In this way, insofar as I am a Christian, because to that extent I am righteous, pious, and belong to Christ. But, in so far, as I look at me, that's what you are saying, and my sin, I am rested in a
1: very great center. I just got to keep looking at Christ. Yeah. That that reminded me of the the statement on 158, which made me laugh out loud when I saw it the first time, because um, he says, and this is to be noted well, even if it is not proved by reason, which want to understand everything in the matters of works, in the matters and works of God, that two opposites are in one and the same subject. And he goes and he says, Here is a saint and a blessed one. He right away adds, For this, <clears throat> every saint will pray to you. Here you see a sinner. The same can be seen in Romans 7. You are a saint and pray because of sin. You make sense of it. <laughs> you make
0: sense of it. <laughs>
1: you are a saint and you pray because of sin. You make sense of it. Where was that at? <clears throat> <clears throat> That's the sixth argument of the fifth. Yeah. a few pages
2: later. Yeah. Sixth argument. Yeah, very end of the sixth article. Okay. And So That's
5: structurally, <laughs> did Luther? Can we say that Luther wrote all these? It's been a few months since I read these. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's you know, I hear I and here Master even says whatever. It's yeah. Done. So how do we know what's Luther and what's um, just what's being said by the crowd?
1: The only thing that confuses me um, on that question would be the sixth one. In what in what uh, role Joachim Merlin played? Um, but with the other five disputations or the other disputations and theses, it's Luther unless it says, and here is. Um, and those are almost always just responses. Okay. So Agricola comes up, Melanchthon comes up, Kras- Casper, Kruziger, um, but it's not very often. So it's, it's, it's basically always Luther. Yeah.
5: Didn't you on any Luther textual criticism <laughs> it's
3: a priestly document of Luther.
1: <laughs> JDEP of Luther.
3: Oh. I do. I do like the uh, correlation of C, the Semel with the Church militant, Church triumphant, because that mm-hmm. is yet another way. There's a church simile. Yeah. You know, militant and triumphant, in a different way. But yeah. You know.
0: provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.